Good morning and welcome to Monday morning, January the 10th in 2022 on When I Rise. Today, we begin year C, the second Sunday of Epiphany. And on the Monday of the week, we like to take a look at the Old Testament passage that comes from this week from the Revised Common Lectionary in this week of the church calendar year. So we are back in the Old Testament prophets, Isaiah chapter 62, verses 1 through 5. So let me read that passage a couple points for reflection, and then we'll spend our time praying along the theme we find there. Thanks for making this part of your morning on When Our Eyes. Let's allow our souls to rise and meet God together in a time of prayer. Isaiah 62, verses 1 through 5. Because I love Zion, I will not keep still. Because my heart yearns for Jerusalem, I cannot remain silent. I will not stop praying for her until her righteousness shines like the dawn and her salvation blazes like a burning torch. Nations will see your righteousness. World leaders will be blinded by your glory. You'll be given a new name by the Lord's own mouth. The Lord will hold you in his hand for all to see, a splendid crown in the hand of God. Never again will you be called the forsaken city or the desolate land. Your new name will be the city of God's delight and the bride of God. The Lord delights in you and will claim you as his bride. Your children will commit themselves to you, O Jerusalem, just as a young man commits himself to his bride. Then God will rejoice over you as a bridegroom rejoices over his bride. This is the word of God for us. Every now and again on social media, either through one of the news networks or through different Instagram handles, you'll see a clip of an adoption ceremony in a courtroom where a judge announces uh, that a child that was legally somebody else's in a different family is going to be absorbed into a new family because that new family claims them as their own and desires to bring them into their household, right? And it's a powerful ceremony. I remember one of my friends uh, adopted uh, their daughter from another family, and it was part of the process where letters went out to all the next of kin uh, that were related to this girl's parents to see if anyone from the immediate family would stand in the courtroom and would claim that child as their own. And if nobody showed up, then my friend's family would be able to adopt her legally. And my friend just remarked how sad and exciting it was at the same time. Sad because nobody else and that girl's family wanted to come claim her, uh, this child, this, this gift of life, right? But how uh, excited he was then for he and his spouse, they were able to adopt this girl as their own and uh, bring her into their family and to give her a new name. I think something similar is happening in Isaiah chapter 62. Uh, Jerusalem is desolate. They've been ran over by empires. They've been discarded as more or less a lowly people. They're scattered all over the world. The only ones who remain in the Holy Land are those who are so destitute that they could not help themselves. The best and brightest among them were hauled off to different cities to serve in governments and to serve in learning centers. And so there must have been a question over those years of exile. Would we have anybody left uh, to come back to this place and become God's people again? And would God receive us or has he changed directions in his story? So what we hear in this second part of Isaiah is God not only wants to repair and restore Israel, but he wants to 
put her as the beacon over all peoples. And those ideas uh, come to the surface in Isaiah 62, verses 1 through 5. Scholars suggest that this is similar to what happens in a marriage ceremony in this time uh, of civilization where there's a new name announced over the bride as she is joined to her bridegroom. But I think that we could say the same thing about the adoption motif that we see in modern courtrooms today. As someone who has a different name, but because they're embraced by love, they're given a new name. I think that idea of a new name is something that stirs us, right? Uh, We've been called and labeled a lot of things, some things that are good, some things that are not so good. Things that have happened to us, some decisions that we've made, or some decisions that were made for us and negatively affected us. So we wonder if we're ever going to be able to transcend these events, transcend these names. We've been denominated or denamed among our community. So we find at the heart of the gospel is that God renames us. God calls us redeemed and not cast away. The New Testament writers call us those who are the people of God, that we were the enemies of God before him because of our evil behavior. But now God has brought us into his family, that we are co-heirs with Christ, that we've been given a brand new identity, that somehow like a record of sin that was gathered in a file against us has been scattered to the four winds can no longer be brought back together as an accusation against us. But we're in a courtroom as well. And even though everyone has left us and abandoned us, God has claimed us and adopted us to be his children, to be in his people. And so how do we greet this week, this first day of year C, the second Sunday of Epiphany? We greet it with this grand idea that because of Jesus and his love for us, God's love for us, that we've been made new and that we are claimed. Uh, at the very beginning, the first step of our story is that we are not alone and abandoned. We have not wandered off on our own, but God has found us. and He's brought us into his family. So with that in mind, with that thrilling thought in mind, let's spend some time praying this morning, allowing our souls to rise and meet God together. Let's pray together. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you today that the gospel is news to us that we have been made new again, that we've been received and embraced and adopted into the family of God. And we thank you for all the benefits that that presents to us. We, um, our, our sins are forgiven, that we were raised from the dead, that we joined Christ in the resurrection, that you're going to return soon and you're going to restore all of the world around us and that we're going to be co-heirs with Christ in ages upon ages to come. And I thank you that that means a lot for us today, that we get to uh, do the business, the family business with you, the business of healing and restoring and redeeming. And so God, we walk amidst uh, a broken world today, one that's been left behind and looked over, particularly the people that are within it. And so God, we pray that you give us the eyes of grace, the eyes of faith, that we would see things the way that you want us to see them. And I pray that you give us the guts to act accordingly. So God fills with your spirit, stir us with imaginations that are bent on the gospel. And I pray that lives would be put back together and restored all around us. I ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.